Welcome to the Mind Tales podcast. We are a fast-growing tech mental health organization here to bring you the insights that you need to boost your emotional health and thrive in your daily life. It's our goal to make quality mental health care both accessible and inclusive. That's why part of our mission is to get discussions, conversations, and debates about mental health going. From psychiatrists to educators, entrepreneurs, and community members, we bring you the stories and experiences of health advocates from around the world. And that's what we're going to do today. If you like our episode or have any suggestions for future content, please like it, leave a comment, or connect with us on Instagram at MindTalesOfficial. It makes us so happy to hear from the MindTales community. Hi, Riham. Welcome to the MindTales Collective podcast. It's so great to have you here with us today. Tell us more about how you're doing. Hi, Lisa. I'm great. I hope you're doing well. Um, I'm really excited to chat more about you. And so for those of you meeting Riham for the first time, she has more than 10 years of experience in the field of psychology. She's also a child psychotherapist who's super passionate about child mental health and champions parents to boost their parent-child relationships. So Riham, I want to know more about your journey growing up, the community um, that you came from, and what first drew you to psychology. Tell us how your interest in this field evolved over the years since you went to college in Lebanon. So actually, uh, what made me go into psychology and this field is my mom. She's a psychologist and she's a very good one. Mm -hmm. So I was really interested in studying what she studied and uh, in doing the things that made her be her. So uh, I was really impressed with the way she thinks, she behaves, she uh, deals with the people around her. So I was really impressed with everything uh, that she does actually. She never told me to go into the field of psychology but my dad did you know we're Lebanese I I come from a small village in Lebanon so the mentality of going to a psychologist was an extreme taboo it was Mm. completely unaccepted and noting this mentality and still she had lots of uh, clients and from that I saw the need of uh, this domain in our uh, community and back then there was no internet as much as now and like um Uh, the internet was not booming and doing therapy online was not even considered not an Mm. option at all never thought of so people really uh, were going just in the clinic so my the the area where I uh, will be working in is just the community that I live in so working worldwide like I do now was not even an option so uh, I was thinking about my community so she's she was the only one uh, in my community and like more people are needed if she doesn't have any more time for more clients then more people should be psychologists so I thought I might be that uh, psychologist uh-huh. so that's why I, I went into psychology at the first place but then I saw that there is more need for a child psychologist in my community mm. because as an adult psychologist there was my mom out there but for a child psychologist there was none zero And um, that's where I started my trainings in child psychology. I started doing lots of research about it. I attended lots of trainings. I did um, uh, internships in schools and associations. And that's how basically I started my career. Oh, that's super. That's really interesting. And if I remember correctly, you were also interested in sand therapy at some point too. 
True. Actually, it's a very interesting story because um, when I was doing my master's uh, thesis, mm-hmm. um, at first when I applied for the um, for the first project that I wanted to do, I it was like a very different topic uh, about different than Samke. So. I I, um, I did the proposal for the university. I sent the proposal. I got accepted. And then when I started working, I was like, no, no, this is not it. Yeah. I didn't want to do my master's thesis, uh, my M2 back then, because I still didn't find the topic that I really wanted to study. Right. And people were just like, do any topic, like just take your master's degree and move on with your life. I did not want that. I wanted a topic to really study for the sake of studying, not just right. to take the degree. And that uh, and and that stopped me for four years from doing my master's. So I, oh, I wow. was like, I didn't have a, an M2, a master's degree mm-hmm. in psychology for six years because I, like, I was applying for two years for the topics. And then I right, stopped, so right. it's full six years, just because I, w- I didn't find the topic that I needed. Yeah. And um, then suddenly, out of the blue, I was searching for topics like YouTubing things to learn new yeah. things about psychology. And I started seeing these sandboxes. And I started like looking into it. I started reading more. I started, uh, I started uh, watching more videos and mm. I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, so, and uh, it's not just for children. Anyone can do sampling therapy. Right. So I was really astonished, astonished and taken by this technique. And I started doing the research. I searched for sampling therapists in Lebanon. I, I didn't find any. I found only one therapist who used from the techniques that she uses in play therapy. She has a small sandbox in her uh, in her clinic, but that's she's not a sandplate therapist. Mm. So when I started doing more research, um, I bumped into uh, a therapist in Italy, a sandplate therapist. He's a psychoanalyst as well. So he uh, combined both of the approaches that I liked, psychoanalysis plus sandplate therapy, but he's uh, he lives in Italy. By that time, I got married and I moved to Spain and Italy was not very far from me. So yeah. I decided to go to Italy to do my sandplate therapy personally. And uh, I went, I went for uh, for a while and I did my therapy with him. Imagine how beautiful it was. And after that, I went to Germany to attend um, a conference in Sand Play. And it was magical as well. (laughs) I was taken by that. But unfortunately, I'm not applying it now because I'm, I'm doing parental guidance. But once I have the chance to go back to my clinic, I'll definitely um, be doing more of that. On that topic of shifting to parental guidance, what made you shift from your interest and passions as being a child psychotherapist to supporting parents? Why did you make this transition? When I had my clinic back in Lebanon uh, four years ago, and I had my clients, uh, the children coming to my clinic, and... um, Back then, I noticed that children's problems, challenges, psychological difficulties are not coming from them. Mm. They do not have a problem. Their behavioral challenge is not due to, to their existence, them. It's due to the environment that they live in. So actually, the, the behaviors 
and the psychological problems that I was being asked to fix into parentheses, it's not, it's not coming from nowhere. It's coming from the parents. Right. What is the point of me trying to fix a problem that where, where the root of the problem still exists, which right. is the behavior of the parents? Right. So actually, when I do roadblocks of communication with you or with mm-hmm. any other human being, I cannot suspect that you're going to be an angel, uh, behave perfectly, and mm-hmm. like reply to my roadblocks of communication in a very uh, normal, non-threatening, and calm way. So when I judge, criticize, blame you, label you, uh, um, order you, mm-hmm. you're definitely going to fight, flight, or freeze. You're right, get, yeah. definitely gonna going to attack me back. If I attack, you're going to defend yourself. So you're going to attack back. So actually, I noticed back then, from the beginning of my career, from the first time I started working with children, from the first client that I had, I knew that there's something lacking in my work. It's like, it's not just the child. I shouldn't be just working with the child. There's something bigger than that. Right. But back then, whenever I told the, ch- the parents, I'm not going to working I'm not going to work with the with the child because the child has no problem actually the problem is the way that you're parenting your child right. and whenever I say that the parents disappear they okay. didn't come back for follow up opening a social media platform and spreading awareness online right. is an indirect way to make parents be convinced that it's not their children children it's the way of parenting it's going to bring up actually the way that you undertook the initiative of building your Instagram page from scratch, which now has more than 20,000 uh, community members as well. So how did you, what were the very first steps that you took to build this community? And what advice do you, do you have for others who are looking to spread this type of mental health awareness online as well? My social media platform has a very long story. I'm not going to dig into it because it's very long. I opened it since in 2014. That was, imagine how it was seven, yeah. eight years ago almost. And then I stopped working in it and then I changed it into something else. And then I came back to it. It's like mm. a on and off relationship with my Instagram page because I really found the value of having an Instagram page about this topic. But I the content was an issue to me at the beginning. And it, like almost four or five months before the lockdown started, I'm, that was how, that was my life. So my yeah. life was already locked down behind my laptop right. doing sessions on Zoom. So uh, my life didn't really change after the lockdown and COVID. And throughout these sessions, I discovered that my hypothesis back then in my clinic that working with parents is the right thing to do, it was confirmed because the results that I was getting, they were extremely fast. The results that that I was receiving and the, the feedback that I was getting from parents was very remarkable. But there are things that do not require therapy. So actually parents think, take my child again into parenthesis fix him change his behaviors and then bring him, bring him back to me right no i love that you place this emphasis on highlighting that there's a whole ecosystem that surrounds children that they aren't just individuals operating almost in a vacuum and therapy is sounds like it can be very beneficial when 
I mean, they spend most of their time at school or with their parents. So when those stakeholders are involved in the process as well. If I've told them I want, I'm going to see your child, they'd come to every single session at the perfect timing, never miss a session. But once I told them it's you who should work on yourself, <laughs> they would disappear. Parents were not ready yet to, to work on themselves. Mm-hmm. They were not ready to acknowledge that it's their way of parenting that mm-hmm. is causing the problems. And so how has your work influenced your own outlook on parenting itself, if that's changed at all? Um, I now see children differently. I see a child as a human that we as parents project on. We project our insecurities, our traumas, our unresolved conflicts, our um, uh, childhood traumas, our childhood uh, relationships, our childhood dynamics with our parents. We're always projecting. When I'm I'm on good terms with my mom, I'm a 31-year-old woman. I'm married, I'm independent. I, I'm not dependent on her, but I, if I have like a mis, uh, an agreement, um, um, if I do, if I have a, a, a disagreement with her, if I fight with her, my entire day gets ruined. I'm independent. I'm an old. Imagine if I'm a five, six, seven, a three-year-old girl. True. How would yeah. I feel if my mom got mad at me? It's not my day that gets ruined. It's my, it's my future that gets ruined. It's your environment. Yeah, it stays with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for highlighting a bit more about the intent and the meaning and purpose behind parenting. Um, That's so important to how you actually interact with your child. And so it's been Mm -hmm. great hearing your insights, Reham. And before you go, I'd love to hear a bit more about your relationship with your own mental health. Um, And if you could tell us your top three tips for self-care. Um, for me, I, I did six years of psychoanalysis, right? Just psychotherapy. It's a form of the, it's a type of psychotherapy and, um, noting that when I did that, I was like 21 years old, 20 years old. So I was very young, but I did six years, two times a week, because I believe in the power of psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. And I believe as adults, we should all do psychotherapy slash psychoanalysis because None of us didn't have, like, we all had childhood traumas. Right. We all had, we, we all were bullied in some place by our parents, by our friends, whatever. And my parents didn't give me attention. My parents gave me excessive attention. Whatever it is, the, the childhood trauma, insecurity, instability, um, baggage, childhood baggage, that we carry on with our lives, it's non-human to not have this baggage. Every human being on this earth has it. And for people who say, I don't have it, mom, I was hit and I was fine with it, they're lying. Don't believe these people. We all have this baggage and we all deserve not to have it. We all deserve to live baggage free. And in order for us to live peacefully, we need to remove this baggage. We need to remove these, the unconscious thoughts that we have. We need to live freely. We all deserve that. And the best thing that can help us do that is psychotherapy. Nothing else can help. Even as parents, we we as parents put our, uh, our children as a priority in our life. But I truly believe and deeply believe that 
our priority in life is ourselves. I posted one time about this topic. Is it too late for me to correct what I've already uh, done with my children, the, the damage that I already done? Of course you can, no matter how old your children are. Even if you have grandchildren, you still can protect your relationship with your children. But you need to take a decision. And decisions are not really easily made in this field because either you, you, you decide to quit smoking or you decide not to quit smoking. Either you clap or you don't clap. You cannot try to clap, no? So either you're committed to your relationship or you're not committed. You cannot be committed and every two days you slap your child. You do a roadblock of communication. It's a yes or no commitment. Of course, you can make mistakes. You can have a cigarette once in a month, but having two, three cigarettes a day does not mean you quit smoking. For self-care, first, do not be intimidated with self-care. Don't think that you need to go to a spa to do self-care. You, know, you need to travel. You need to go to the Maldives. You need, it, that's not self-care. This is marketing. Self-care might be sitting on your bed and looking at the ceiling for five minutes, this is it. So first do not be intimidated with it. Don't think that you, you need like to spend so, so much money, yeah. this is not the case. Second, do not say that you do not have time. I have an entire training just on how to do effective self-care. And the third tip I have is that you really need to do self-care every single day, for every, every single day. Look at the ceiling, uh, for five minutes while in your bedroom, have a hot uh, hot shower for a long time, go for a run beside your house, go for coffee with your friend, anything, but you need to do that every single day. Don't miss a day. Thanks for tuning in to the Mind Tales Collective. If there were any questions that stood out to you, don't let these conversations stop here. Share your thoughts with your family and friends or send over a quick message to us on Instagram to share your thoughts with us. And don't forget to hit the follow button. You can find us at Mindtales Official. We know it's been a tough year. We want to remind you to check in on how you're feeling and ask for help if you need it. Remember, self-care is more than a band-aid. Your mental health is important. Stay tuned for more content next week. Take care and talk to you soon.